Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today on the show, I'm so excited to bring on our guest of this episode. She is the 2022 Spanish national champion, and she is a 2022 Olympian as well, champion of dancing on ice. Everybody, Olivia Smart. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, me, love. I'm so excited to get to chat with you about your skating career. Um, Watching you in the 2022 season specifically was amazing. I loved your programs. I loved uh, the style that you bring to the ice. So I'm just really excited to delve into um, your career this far. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So first off, what age did you get into skating and how did you get introduced to the sport? I started skating properly, I'd say, when I was nine years old. Um, Nobody in my family is a skater. I'm from the UK, so it's not, you know, a very known sport. Um, I went to a birthday party, which was a figure skating party. And my mom was fine with me going, but I really enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I want to keep going with friends. My mom agreed to this as long as I would have some lessons in order to be safe um so it's my mom's fault because I started taking lessons and I fell in love with it more and more and some coaches at the rink um kind of noticed me and were like she should do some more lessons she should do this and this so yeah it all came from a friend's figure skating birthday party and those like Friday night public sessions that with the like the foam parties and everything that I got into with friends and then hey look I turned that into a career (laughs) straight up but that's really organic honestly it's it's like a cute entryway unexpected no family ties or relation it just was like completely something that you really liked as a child Mm -hmm. yeah love it and from a social activity as well that's what's funny about it yeah exactly did you start in singles and then switch to ice dance yeah what was the timeline with that I did singles until I was about 13 or 14 so a good couple of years actually um I was good I enjoyed the skating side of it but I loved the performance side of it more than the technical jumping etc I had a massive leg wrap like massive (laughs) um and couldn't jump super super well but I always performed my programs to the max um So then I dove into solo ice dance a little bit just to kind of 
see what it was like to skate freely without the technical side of jumping and I really enjoyed it and fell for that more and more but there's only so so far you can go with solo dance um and then I think it was when I was around 14 years old I was at the age where I was like okay am I going to take this forward and continue as a professional professional career or am I going to focus on school like what's the deal um and then randomly I got an opportunity to have a tryout with a guy uh, my first partner, Joseph Buckland, and long story short, ended up having a tryout and getting chosen and moving to the US. <laughs> you jump forward. It's crazy. Where in the US did you move to and train? I moved to New Jersey to start. Um, when I was 14, I moved there for four years. And then I passed on to Detroit and then Detroit to Montreal. Amazing. So you competed in Junior Grand Prix, Junior Worlds, multiple years with Joe Buckland. And like you also went to Senior Worlds in 2015. Uh, tell us about that international career with Joe. Like that was your first step into the international skating world um, before switching partners to Adrian. Uh, so like what what are the best parts? What were the like most interestingly challenging parts um, of that beginning career that you would differentiate from later on with Adrian? Gosh, I think um, <laughs> so. Gosh, starting juniors, um, I think the most interesting part for me to start my career was the traveling side of it. So getting junior Grand Prix, traveling to countries like Slovenia, uh, Slovakia, Belarus, like places you would never travel to if you weren't in the figure skating world. Um, so that is what interested me the most. And then it was when I met people at the Junior Grand Prix that I really got sucked into the sport. And I was like, gosh, I get to do something I love, travel the world, and I'm making friends. And that's where I realized like the whole community of figure skating was really what I wanted to dive into more. Um, so yeah, it just the junior career really set me up in a good way just from the people I met. And then looking back to this day, the people I met then, I'm still alongside to this day. Um, but juniors is interesting. If I could go back and relive juniors, wow, I would do it so different. <laughs> In what way? What would you do differently? Um, I just think the pressure that I had on myself as a younger um, athlete, I was fighting against being a... 18 year old and also being a professional athlete and I was just like okay I can't do both I can't you know live my life and uh, live my social life and do this at the same time um and I'm somebody that's a big social butterfly so I really struggled with that this is around like 16 17 years old but it wasn't until I got to like 18 I realized like okay I can have a good balance in this and still have a really good sporting career um and also just like looking back at my actual skating, you could tell I was just performing, 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 and it was always 100%. Maybe I could have taken it down a couple of notches and being less chaotic. <laughs> and that's what I've learned. That's what I learned, like, gosh, in the past four years, like you can be exciting and perform, but not always 100%. So mm. there's a lot of things that I learned from that I watched I could go back and watch in junior and be like, oh, 
oh, Olivia, oh. <laughs> but at the same time, it's all a learning process. It's a journey to get here. Um, but the one thing I did know that when I moved to Ice Dance and I was doing juniors and junior Grand Prix, I was like, yes, this performing side is, I love being in front of a crowd and I love entertaining. Um, and that's what I took forward into my senior career as well. I love that. It's actually a good point about um, sometimes in skating, in the effort, especially when you're younger, to emote and try to get that artistic score. Um, I see a lot of kids to this day, like they really overdo it in terms of mm -hmm. just like it not looking quite authentic um, and and like the faces that they're making. And, you know, and it, it, yeah. I, I would think it's like with age, you kind of start to develop your own sense of style and artistry but it feels again like you're actually pulling from something and not like you're you know 15 yeah. telling a love story when you've never had a boyfriend <laughs> exactly exactly that's it it's like yeah. trying to skate well as also as young age going into an ice dance partnership like you meet this stranger this young boy and you're a young girl and you have to then emote feelings towards each other like we're good at it, but it's hard like to go into that straight away. It's not something mm -hmm. anybody ever, no, you don't learn that in school. You don't learn that from your parents. It's just, if you're in this spot and if you're in the artistic world of dance or anything, storytelling is a thing between a male and a female um, and same sex now. So it's, you, you just get thrown into the deep end. You're like, okay, let me just like, as you said, tell a love story with this other person at a young age. Um, but something I always used to do was I, um, I used to lip sync a lot and to this day I still do that <laughs> like that's something I ice? have kept yeah, yeah yeah like if I am mm. whatever song I'm skating to if there's lyrics and I'm into it and most of the time I am if I'm skating to it and I learn the lyrics you will see me lip syncing mm, noted I'm gonna look for yeah. that yeah that's awesome well you switched partners and started skating with Adrian Diaz um in 2016 like end of 2015 you announced your partnership and you started that 2016-2017 season you switched countries to represent Spain as well um, from previously Great Britain um, so tell us about the reason for the partner switch um, and like how did you guys get connected um so a oh so a, joe and i's partnership ended i'd say a little unexpectedly um we had just moved from new jersey to detroit and started working with igor spielband and his team um and i think we were like gosh four or five months in finally settled and um he called off the partnership so that was a little unexpected um, from my side and i just moved to detroit so i was like okay, I'm here. This is my base. Um, I definitely wasn't ready to be done with my career just yet. Um, so I stuck around Detroit for a while and I put myself out there to find another partner. Honestly, with not a lot of hope. I also was super new to the senior ice dance world and Joe and I had just turned senior. Um, so I was training in Detroit, uh, met a lot of people and just experienced the ice dance hub, which was Detroit at the time. Uh, and I think that was super inspiring as well. You know, being taught by Igor Spielband, Fabian, uh, Greg at the time was there. Um, and just being amongst big athletes like Maddie and Evan were actually still there when I was uh, when I just moved. Um, and then I think 
Yeah, I remember it was actually John Luke Baker that sent me over a link from Facebook that Adrian and Sarah, Adrian Diaz and Sarah Hurtado used to skate together. They announced their separation on Facebook. And John Luke was like, dude, dude, message him, message him. And I'm like, wait, this is so raw. This has just happened. I was like, I'm going to have to wait a bit. He's like, no. He's like, don't wait. He's like, message him. So I messaged Adrian asking if he was going to continue and if he'd like to have a tryout. Um, and yeah, he got back to me and he said, it's a little soon, but he'll get back to me soon. And I remember being like, damn it, I jumped the gun. <laughs> um, but no, he got back to me and he did tell me that he was hoping to continue skating and yes to a tryout. So I asked him if he'd want to come to Detroit. And he was very honest and was like, no, but I think you should come to Montreal. I was mm. like, okay, absolutely. And moving forward, looking at where I am is now in Montreal, it's a good job I went to Montreal because it is the hub for ice dance now. Um, so to know that I got the chance to go there on the early days of Montreal becoming the ice dance hub, it was very, very cool. But I didn't know it back then. Um, so I'm over here to like, Adrian, you should come to Troy. And he's like, no, I think you should come to Montreal. And I'm like, well, fine. Okay. Um, wow. yeah. So then I went to Montreal for a week's long tryout. I stayed with Adrian and Maddie uh, in their apartment and we had a great week's long tryout and it went super well, but I still remember to this day, our last day of tryout uh Patrice Lozon the head coach here pulls me over and he's like okay so this is good like this this looks like it could be promising and he's like but I have to tell you he's like I've heard you're fiery and I'm like mm. I'm looking around like okay what do you mean he's like I've heard you're quite feisty like a fiery skater and he's like and I see it could be a good thing or a bad thing he's like but Adrian's also fire so he's like, so if there's any conflict whatsoever, any arguing, any tension, he's like, I won't tolerate it. And I remember just being like, okay, okay. <laughs> just not knowing what to say and being terrified yet excited at the same time. Wow. Um, he's a big teddy bear. I absolutely love the guy, but I just remember that one moment so specifically. And yeah, Adrian took me to uh, to the airport that same day or the next day and asked me when I would want to move and that partnership flourished very randomly and naturally that's outstanding you guys skated together for quite a few years um tell us about your journey with Adrian what were your favorite moments and what were the hardest moments the biggest challenges that you guys had to overcome um it's funny it's funny because it's still like a new partnership now and everything but it's very interesting to be like talk about our favorite moments like in a past tense I'm like oh yeah that happened yeah <laughs> and so and so much has happened that now that I'm talking about it I'm like wow a lot of memories in there <laughs> um yeah Adrian and I skated together for around eight or nine years I think um and the fastest eight or nine years of my life like to say it was that long, it blows my mind. It feels like it was just last year I moved to Montreal. Um, <clears throat> but some of my favorite moments with Adrian, I'd say was our first season together, like actually getting to know each other in this 
battle and excitement of going into a big senior category as Adrian being a top skater already from his past partnership and me being brand new um, and feeling and seeing the potential, but also, you know, trying to find our groove, trying to see what style we like, just getting to know each other, getting to know uh, the people in Montreal. So the, I'd say our first year was very special to me. Um, but then not long after that, it came very fast. It was the Olympic qualifying season, um, which was a very important one because Spain only had one spot and had two Spanish teams. Um, and then another memory, which is not so great, but is still a big moment for Adrian and I's partnership was the, was end of 2017, right before the 2018, uh, Olympics in Pyeongchang. We had two competitions, Zagreb Golden Spin and Spanish Nationals back to back as our Olympic qualifying competitions. And it was total scores from both competitions added together whoever has the highest goes to the olympics um and unfortunately there was a bit of a scandal in the judging at zagreb golden spin which caused a lot of commotion in our event specifically and after this event we after this competition we were around i don't know like four points behind or something so there was a lot of drama there, but we tried to forget about it, move into nationals. Literally the following week is back to back. Um, skated really good at nationals, ended up winning Spanish nationals. But due to the conflict of the other competition, um, and there was a lot of extra stuff there that was maybe dealt because it was an Olympic qualifying competition. Don't really want to say, but sometimes that happens um we were left behind by 0 0.10 oh. or like 0 0 0.20 it's something like 0 0.10 or 20 super super close while stood on the national on our like national podium in first place feeling the way we did it was one of the most traumatizing things because you just know like you're not going to the olympics you just put everything in it was so close as well. Um, and then we were walking home, walking to the hotel after the competition. And it was then we had a moment where we were just like, this really sucks. But we were together and we really supported each other. And that moment specifically was really, really difficult for the both of us, but brought us closer together. And well, after that, it just pushed us further and further after to know like, why we're doing this it connected us more it made us give it 120 percent each time um and there was a, i'd say there was a lot of struggling moments with adrian and i but they were also the most special because it's there it was the breakthrough moments for us so even during covid like both of us being stuck in a country where we're not close to family um deciding like okay we're gonna stay here knowing that we can't go home to see our family but we want to stay here to train because 2022 Olympics is just around the corner and we know we want to make this one happen. Um, and yeah, just think we learned a lot from each other as partners, especially me from him, him being older and wiser and just a more developed athlete. Um, I learned a lot from him and working in partnerships with a male more and more. 
and skills I'll take on for the rest of my life. Um, and then one other two, well, two, but one other major moment that I really, really remember with Adrian super well was Skate America 2021. Uh, we'd done Skate America before, if I'm not mistaken, and it was a competition that we always loved. Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the time we would go with Maddie and Zach. So Adrian would be with Maddie. So it was just an overall like wholesome event for us. Um, but the crowd was always amazing, always. Uh, but 2021 Skate America was a dream. I remember after the free dance, we had a standing ovation and we're a small Spanish team at Skate America getting this reaction. And I remember just looking at him and being like, and he was like, I know, what? Like both of us were like, what's happening? Oh yeah. So I remember that really, really well. I remember his facial expression. And yeah, no, we had uh, we had a lot of good moments. But like I said, it was the fastest eight to nine years I can even think of. Um, and that's not really that long of a career. And when I look back, we did a lot, but also not that much at the same time. Like, it, I wish we could have done more because it was a... Uh, uh, rolling of a season and then to end it with 2022 Olympics and world was just like the cherry on top of the cake and it was it was honestly the perfect closure up for our partnership that end of the season uh, yeah so yeah I remember being at that 2021 Skate America and um yeah your guys's both the short dance and the free dance were so good, but the standing ovation for the free dance, um, it was totally magical. And your programs were like one of the top programs that we were all watching for the entire season. So it really felt like that season was almost like a breakthrough season for you too, just like in the international scene rather than like just Europe or just Spain. Um, so yeah, it, it's such a cool way to end the partnership, like you said. Mm -hmm. It was a big, like, um, it was a like a perfect ending to our partnership and a breakthrough season for us. But I think it was the season where Adrian just gave it his all for his last season. And it was the season where I gained and grew the confidence that I've always had, but I actually felt it that season. So it was very necessary that. in two different ways for the both of us. That's that's like best case scenario, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in a final very season. unplanned. What was the process of switching countries? Um, did you have to take, since you were competing internationally for Great Britain, did you have to take a season in between or did you not? Um, was it difficult? Was it not difficult? Gosh, it feels, feels like ages ago. Well, it was ages <laughs> ago. Um. I remember it actually being a little bit challenging because we were waiting for the release from Great Britain. Um, I think they did give me a bit of a hard time at first, but they, I, and I remember I did have a tryout with a British guy, which they asked me to just to cover all bases for Great Britain. And the British guy that I had a tryout with was Lewis Gibson, actually. So Lila and Lewis that compete with us yeah. now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he was, he was transitioning to ice dance. And I remember saying to my coach, uh, our federation saying, uh, but there's no British guys from skate with. So what if I want to change country, like what am I supposed to do? 
And then I had a tryout with Lewis just to rule it off. And um, that was when I think they realized, okay, like, this is your only way to continue skating. We get it. And they kind of just took my situation into consideration more. And they gave me the release. And that was simple from then on. And I remember the transition from when I split with Joe to when Adrian and I first started competing. It was already over a year. Mm. um or just just a year so it was absolutely fine timing wise um so we didn't have to wait too long and we just trained through it um and then when it came to transitioning countries like through citizenship um the Spanish Federation and Olympic Committee were super supportive and helped with absolutely everything in getting me my citizenship and passport as soon as both Spanish teams at the time uh, who were fighting for the Olympic spot? As soon as both teams shoot, shoot, showed um, good potential and Olympic potential, the Olympic committee went ahead and started the process of the passport. Mm. So then both teams that were not Spanish, so me and Kirill at the time, um, both got a passport pretty smoothly, which was amazing and I'm so so grateful for because if it, if it wasn't for that little booklet it really caused a lot of issues and I wouldn't have been able to live my dream and make it to where I have done today um and I, a lot of people like when I tell them I represent Spain people of course people are very confused I'm a Brit training in Canada <laughs> representing Spain it's wild but then when I explain it a bit more into detail and then I just say the basics of like it wasn't for me being able to represent Spain and getting a passport and citizenship I would be I wouldn't be here in my career as we speak because maybe the, you'd still be running around Detroit maybe maybe or not. or not probably not but yeah that is it's quite the process but um super worth it for being able to look back now and see like all you've been able to do mm-hmm there was a rivalry with you and the other like top Spanish team for your career. And you guys were going um, head to head for the one spot for world teams for the late Olympics. Um, so tell us a little bit about like that rivalry um, for you two, you and Adrian, just like approaching your seasons to try to qualify for teams and like how that affected your headspace in terms of like drive. Obviously I'm, hoping that it's in a positive way but sometimes it can be really tough to like always have the same person that you're going against or same team Mm -hmm. um so yeah how did that affect you guys well I think from the 2018 Olympics because it was the exact same situation one spot two uh one spot two teams Mm -hmm. from not making the spot for the Olympics in 2018 we really decided (laughs) we'd Let's just say what we did leading up to 2018 Olympics, we completely threw that away. And we're like, okay, new strategy. Because as soon as 2021 came around, we realized there's still only one spot for Spain. We were like, okay, round two, let's go. And because we were uh, anticipating it, we knew it was going to be a battle. We know both teams were at the very top and deserved to be in top 10. Um. We decided to approach it in a very different way. I'd say 2018 Olympics, we went into that, the fight for that spot with the headspace of we need to beat this team. Like we need to beat them 
so we can make it. And I think we made it so much about the other team and the spot that we kind of lost what we were doing and why we were doing it. So the lead up to 2022 Olympics, that season leading up to it was really just like, this is just us. It's just us out on the ice. We're going out. We're going to skate clean. And that's all we can handle. Like, that's all we have control over. We go out. We train. We compete. We put out a clean performance. And the rest is out of our control. And that was our strategy for every single competition, even the senior Bs, the Grand Prix, the competitions that weren't included in the criteria for the Olympics. Um, And we treat every competition the same. So even the ones where it was like the deadly Olympic qualification ones, we treated it like we treated, I don't know, Skate America and Skate Canada that we did um, a month prior. Um. And I just think it was a healthier approach for the both of us. Of course, in the back of our mind, we see the other team competing. Of course, you want to know this is super normal in our sport or any sports team. Um, And yeah, I'd say that's the way we approach things just made the season a lot more memorable for us. And yes, it was stressful, but a little less stress-free because we were just enjoying ourselves. We were going out there and doing it for us. And then the rewards would come afterwards um but of course we this didn't come on our own we had a lot of help from our coaches and from our life coach Stephanie they everybody was on board everybody knew that battle was there that season um and it I kind of looked at it as like um because we had the Olympic channel following us that year shooting a documentary um and the more and more I saw this documentary I looked at it as this story is something that people are watching and they're so indulged in I'm like it's entertaining like instead of talking about the story as like as a scary dreadful thing I talked about it as like it's it's a cool drama like I would read that book (laughs) totally and I and I remember watching one of the um Olympic documentary episodes of Spanish nationals actually and watching it and being so involved in it and being like oh my god they made it and then being like wait Oh my God, that's me. <laughs> so like <laughs> after that, I think it's what made me realize, and this was before, even before Europeans. So we hadn't even qualified for the Olympics yet, but I just, I think I fell in love with the story more than being scared of the story um, and took ownership in like, yeah, Spain has one spot, two really good couples. It was the same four years ago and we're back here. It's a cool story. And yeah, I uh, kind of just owned up to it myself and the same with Adrian. And yeah, we just really made it our personal journey that that season and it paid off clearly. And it made us 10 times more grateful for all the accomplishments that we made that year. How did it feel to stand on the podium at Spanish Nationals knowing that you came out on top? Oh, uh, <laughs> very good. Um but even at Spanish nationals, we still didn't know if you we were know. qualified because our criteria was, oh my gosh, what was it? Finlandia. They did three competitions that uh, that both teams were both at. So it was same panel. So it was Finlandia, Spanish nationals and Europeans. Three competitions added together, total goes to, highest total goes to the Olympics and Worlds. So Finlandia happened 
I think we were one point ahead. Just one. And I remember being like, yes! But Adrian being like, no, it's still only one point. We can't relax. And I'm like, okay, I know, I know. Nationals skated really, really well as well. And I think that was when we were nine points ahead. And so to stand on the podium, it was honestly a very proud, relieving feeling, especially because the last time we did nationals, we won nationals and then COVID hit, and we won nationals and we got the chance to go to Worlds in Montreal and then COVID hit. So mm. it it kind of took that like fire away from us. So to stand on the podium again at Spanish nationals then was very special and both of our families were there. It was just a very uh, rewarding moment. And then, but then couldn't relax because we had Europeans three weeks later or four weeks later or something. And knowing, yes, nine points ahead, still can't relax because nine points is, I don't know, a full element. You could fall on a lift. Anything can happen. So we were like, okay, we really have to just go out and do what we've been doing in training and skate clean. So it wasn't until we actually finished the free dance at Europeans, we were like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I remember after it was during COVID as well, and everyone's being really careful. I remember having like double masks on and uh, going into interviews afterwards and people trying to talk to us and us both just being like, I need a break. I need a minute. Wow. <laughs> just, I think just the buildup of it all and also three competitions and people, everybody knew the criteria was one, two and three. So everybody was anticipating each competition And because of that, it made it feel like such a long season to even just get to the Olympics. And then you actually had the Olympics. So yeah, it it, it was a lot, but in the best way possible. What was your favorite moment from the Olympics and Worlds? Um, Olympics was, of course, opening ceremony. Very, very special moment. And meeting all the other Spanish athletes um also Adrian and I's journey to the Olympics um like the actual travel was an absolute shit show like we (laughs) nearly didn't make it for the opening ceremony we didn't have our we didn't have our accreditation to get onto the flight um so just very uh wholesome and entertaining for us so that was very memorable as well um and then of course the free dance at the Olympics that was a moment I'll always remember um actually getting our score in the kiss and cry uh it was a personal best and we were just happy to be at the Olympics in general like it was already a journey to get there but then to go to the Olympics skate an absolute belt over free dance get a personal best and finish higher than what our goal was was just amazing it was honestly one of my favorite mem- memories this far um and I had the whole like throw your arm up in the air moment when we got the <laughs> scores um and it wasn't staged it was all real um <laughs> so yeah that that was a really really um that I had my Olympic moment and I'm was very happy to be with Adrian for that I love that chills honestly I love the Olympics <laughs> it's just so special it really is yeah it is and I know everybody you talk about it and people tell you about their memories and their experiences there but 
it's hard for me to say this to people that haven't been but you can't explain it unless you're there or until you're there really because even Adrian he went to Sochi Olympics um so he'd already done Olympics and I hadn't so he, he was kind of explaining it to me a bit but he's also like but I want you to experience it for yourself for, like without me saying things um and he was exactly right he he was like so what can you say about it I was like it's un it's indescribable like I can't put it into words how special it was and because it was a COVID Olympics it wasn't so much like fun and games around it so it made it very intimate and very special amongst just the athletes so to go with such a big team from Montreal as well and I am it was uh it was really really special yeah, I think what really sets it apart, because Worlds is such a, you know, the pinnacle of every season and to make it to a world championships, it's that same type of magic. But the Olympics, I think with having other sports and just knowing that it's getting this like special attention that only once every four years, like the buzz comes around, it just makes a difference. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's really, yeah. really cool. And then living in Canada and speaking to people here, they're like, oh my gosh, I watch the, I watch the Olympics every time they're on. Because we're in Canada, you know, <laughs> snow sports, ice sports is more of a common thing over here. Um, That's nice. But yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really special, um, just, well, it's a really special thing to know that you're also a part of, like, as you know, like, it's there's a very, very small percentage of the world that get to experience it. And it's a really cool feeling. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so Adrian announced his retirement after that season. Obviously, that impacted your skating partnership. Um, but how did it impact you like mentally since you were out of competition for a season? Did you know that he was planning to retire and that it was your last season? Were you prepared for that like outcome? Or um yeah, what what was it like? What was the process? Um, so I didn't know Adrian was going to retire. Um, we had a few conversations throughout the season, just checking in because we weren't sure what was happening. Um, and his fiance, Maddie, what had announced that that was her last season. So that was a little iffy, but I did ask the question before the season and he told me he didn't have an answer and he didn't want to decide until the end of the season. Um, and then between Olympics and Worlds, I asked the same question just because I knew going to Worlds, this could be my last competition with Adrian. It also could not. Uh, not that it would change anything, but it was kind of just good to know for myself. And also we had a lot of people asking the question outside of skating, interviews, whatnot, and I never knew the answer for. Um, so I asked the question between Olympics and Worlds and still same answer, no no answer and we'll decide after the season I had to respect that and be like okay that's 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 it I can't force an answer out of him um but there was a little bit of me going into worlds that was a bit skeptical because I just I had this weird feeling and every interview we had people were asking questions and it was like you know pushing a button and I didn't know I didn't have the answers for um so Worlds was good. Um, wasn't our best best skate in the free dance, but the overall experience of Worlds, uh, I'm sure you've been to a Worlds after the Olympics, but 
it's kind of like a not a carefree world but it's like hey you've just had the biggest event of your life and you're at worlds and you're like oh this is this is good this is easy but it was just a really cool closure to the season and the same thing being with our team from i am so i'd say it was a very emotional world overall and then on top of that there was my doubt of is this my last is this my not is this not my last um but yeah shortly after the free dance uh adrian did tell me that he's retired and this is our last competition and he's moving on. Um, so it did affect me quite a bit just because it came kind of out of the blue for me. Um, so the transition after that was a little difficult as I had no plans as to what was next. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing with my career at that point. Um, so yeah, the transition was hard mentally. I went home to family and took some time off and tried to regroup a bit, thinking that like just a four-week break would be fine and I'd be solid. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll figure everything out after that. Yeah, no, not four weeks. It took me about a year. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, the transition was difficult. I went back to Montreal. I had a conversation with the coaches. Uh, we had our farewell meeting with Adrian. Uh, he was moving to London, Ontario to coach. So he was set up and solid. Um, and he did give me the green light of like, I would love to see you with a new partner if that ever got to happen. But at that moment in time, I was like, no, that's not going to happen. How am I going to find a new partner? Um, so that year was really just a year of, I'd say, self-discovery of who Olivia Smart is out of skating more than anything. because it made me come to the realization of like oh okay and I know a lot of athletes go through this but it's just not talked about enough is as soon as your sporting career is done who are you out of that sport mm-hmm. and what are your other skills like what you're at an age of I'm 20 I was 25 when it happened I'm 25 and I feel like I'm starting at square one even though I've just accomplished one of my biggest goals And I felt like I went from the highest of highs to having everything together to the lowest of lows of being like, this world is scary. So yeah, I did a lot of new activities. I, gosh, I coached for the first time. I taught kids schools. I did some circus shows. I traveled a lot. I just said to myself this year, I was like, this year is just the year for experiencing new things and pushing my boundaries as to like, not learning what I like, but learning what I don't like. So uh, yeah, last year I got a lot of air miles and I experienced a lot of anxiety and pushed myself, which to this day, I'm very, very happy I went through and did. But as somebody that's, I would class myself as a quite a self-confident person and can pick myself up when I'm down quite easily I really struggled with the transition from no career well, from career to no career mm-hmm. and it also made me realize like there's not that much resources out there and help for that transition for young athletes and that was something that was really brought to my attention and another reason why I spoke a lot last year and did a couple of interviews and was really open about my whole situation and the end of the career and partnership 
because I want people to be aware that they're not alone and this is difficult and there is help and you can like they, other people can relate to to my story a bit and other people's stories um because I didn't I didn't have any help last year there was nobody to like hold my hand and pull me through so it really shined a light on like okay if I could be a help, a help to any young athlete moving forwards me opening up about my story if that can help then I would happily do it mm-hmm. um so yeah it was a it was an impactful year and a big breakthrough for myself just in realizing okay this is what makes me happy and this is what I want and full circle I'm back as to where I want to be and wanted to be but a year ago let's just say I definitely wouldn't have expected this to be even a possibility that's amazing I think as you said it is a universal experience for so many athletes to kind of be in that limbo period when they're not skating anymore especially when you don't know what the future holds in terms of like it's different when you're injured and you are just waiting to come back but when you really don't know what the next steps are that's so terrifying from having such a drastic change of having your entire life scheduled out (laughs) for skating and competition but I also think there's an element of you go to the Olympics, you go to worlds, you know, your national champion, you've made it to this like 1% of the population being able to be at the top of your sport. And then to start over from square zero and something else, it, it takes a lot of time to adjust to feeling like there's a worthwhileness in a slower paced life, if that makes sense. Or because not necessarily not that other careers are slow, but it feels slow and it feels anything that's not physical mm-hmm. feels slow. So me sitting yeah. at my laptop doing marketing feels completely different than me spending five hours on the ice every day, grinding yeah. and dying. You know? And also so. our sport is such an adrenaline, <laughs> well, it's an adrenaline based sport. We're used to getting a rush from our performances and our sports. So I can imagine, yeah, sitting on a laptop and doing work, you're just like, you send an email and you're like, yes, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the same feeling as performing a program in front of thousands, but yes, I did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you kind of flow into like feeling like small, like, you know, goals and accomplishments within a new career. It does start to feel exciting, but it takes time to kind of get that excitement. It's not like a you jump into something and most people don't even like, you know, have a career picked out separately anyways, when they retire, it's like, you know, again, you have to find yourself, you have to try new things. And it's just yeah. like, I remember exhausting. I sat down, I remember I sat down with my journal and I wrote, like, I remember writing at the top, what is Olivia good at? <laughs> and I mean, and I mean that, and I wrote that in my journal, because I remember being like, what am I good at other than skating? Like genuinely. And like I talk about it, I talked about it with people, but like I had to write it down and then look at that and categorize it and see like, hey, what can I dive into that, I don't know, works with um, speaking with people or speaking to crowds or working with kids. Like there, it was just a very 
unique moment I never expected myself to be in being like what is Olivia good at <laughs> I was like am I at a low right now or am I at a high right now <laughs> I love it honestly it, I mean honestly it's necessary sometimes you got to be able to put your skills on paper and then go from there as bare and as minimal and basic as it seems yeah it was hey, for for what start. you do when yeah and for what you do when you leave high school or like you have to decide yeah. what you're gonna study in in college like you kind of have to look at yourself and be like what am I interested in what what do I actually want to learn um totally but I think the biggest thing last year was becoming comfortable with the unknown mm-hmm. and that that was that was the hardest one because in our sport and our career everything's structured you know what your season looks like you know what you're going for you know what your goals are yeah and last year it was okay let me be comfortable with the absolute unknown of not knowing what's next not knowing what I'm doing tomorrow not having a goal like it was a very unique space for me to be in and learning to be comfortable in it yeah um not having the safety net of a skating career is just really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, but super important very important yeah um takes getting used to for sure but yeah yeah let's just um, say from that from that experience I will definitely in any advice I give to anybody um or anything it's don't limit yourself from what you love and what you're good at like Mm -hmm. build a build a base around what you do whether that's friends whether that's other activities just I don't know keep the keep it wide because it it does come to an end at some point and it is the hardest transition that you're never even if you feel prepared you're never properly prepared for Mm-hmm. And in my even myself, I know I'm gonna have to go through it again in the future of be being done with skating and moving to that next thing. Um, uh, but because I semi went through it, I know uh, leading up to it that I want to have a different approach, and I can expect kind of how to feel. But I also know it still won't be easy, and that's you normal. have yeah. But you'll have tools now that you can prep yourself with which yeah. is nice yeah, yeah I, I'll have tools now from my own experience but I also hope to put those tools out there for others as well mm-hmm. when they eventually go through it as well you were in your retirement period not necessarily retirement but you were in your break from skating and you did dancing on ice and you won dancing on ice with your partner yeah yeah tell us that about was a- like that but how did you get onto dancing on ice what was the connection there and like what was the experience like especially compared to you knowing normal competition skating versus this is uh, a show yeah that um that came around very randomly um of course like at the time I was doing different things I was trying new things here and there and traveling a lot and not sure if I was retired or gonna go back to competing I was saying yes to tryouts but also saying no to tryouts I was really confused and then next thing you know I get a call from Christopher Dean and I'm like what I'm even more confused now um and I had a chat with Christopher Dean and he 
spoke with me and honestly told me how shocked he was that we had stopped skating, Adrian and I. And he almost sounded offended. And I was like, oh, I can't do anything about it. Um, and then he was really pushing me to have tryouts and find a new partner. And I remember being on the phone with him and being like, okay, yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's my goal. But like, there's not that many options out there. So yeah, so he's like, so what are you doing at the meantime, in the meantime? And I'm like, much I was like just trying to figure out like what I want to do if I maybe want to go into coaching or if I want to stay here and train and find a new partner um so then that was the end of that conversation and then I was speaking with a friend of mine Mark Canretti who has been on the show for a while now and he was telling me about his experience on Dancing on Ice and then it casually came up like oh maybe you'd enjoy doing it actually and I was like yeah maybe and he's like maybe we'll have some space this year actually would you like me to put it forward to Chris and I was like ah funnily enough I just literally spoke to Chris the other week so he's gonna find this funny so then Mark mentioned it's Chris Chris came back to me and I got the offer from them and it took me a while to decide because it was a six-month contract it meant I was going back to the UK um and also, as you said, it's a skating show, but a very different skating to what I'm used to. Um, biggest concern being, is this safe for me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, if I go back to competing after this, am I going to be putting my safety at risk? Like, I want to make sure I'm okay and mm. I can still have a career after this. Um, but yeah, I went through the logistics of it all and I pulled a gun and said, yeah, let me, let me do this. This is a new, new experience, something completely out of my comfort zone. But the biggest green flag for me was the fact that it was a job offer. And of course you get paid. Number two, I was able to go back home to the UK to family for longer than a week, which I have not done since I was 14. Wow. So that was a big green flag of like, ah, maybe I need this. <laughs> With the year that I just had as well, I just think it was the perfect timing and situation for me to have been given. Um, so yeah, I signed the contract and packed my bags. Me and my two dogs went back to the UK and I got to live with my family because the partner that I was partnered with on the show was only an hour away from where my family lived wow. which was just very very lucky like very lucky so overall that was just clearly meant to happen and was on my path and I'm so happy mm -hmm. I said yes to it I super love the chitty chitty bang bang number oh that you guys did it's like my favorite um especially because I just feel like a lot of people that I've met at least don't know the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but I used to watch it all the time as a kid. It's so, a good movie. Yeah, it is. It totally is. I remember when they gave us this music, I remember being like, oh, gosh, <laughs> cheesy. And even my skating partner, Niall, he was like, really? Like for somebody that's like a guy's guy and is not in an artistic sport with music, he's a gymnast. 
um he was like really we gotta skate to chi chi bang bang and even myself i was like Ooh, but i put on my professional face i was like no no this is gonna be good this is a good tool for us we're two young spunky kids of course they've given us this music it was so good um, <laughs> he ended he ended up loving it and he ended up uh actually saying it was one of his favorite routines out of all of them that we did and i'm like see cheesy music works <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was a really, really fun one. I think just the whole concept of that show is so smart. And like, I don't know, you all see me on a daily basis at competitions and training. When I went on the show, I felt like I was unrecognizable. Like <laughs> the makeup and the hair and just the, gosh, the um, overall design factor of the show was immaculate. And like, mm -hmm. I've never done TV before. I've never done anything like this. So I went in completely blind sat in the makeup chair and the woman was like what do you usually do for makeup and I'm like uh I don't I really I really don't even competition yeah. makeup doing eyeshadow is like a lot for me um so I sat in this makeup chair and I was like yeah not really anything I was like I'm a blank canvas go crazy and let me just say they used that and they really went and did everything they possibly could on me. As I heard all the other girls being like, yeah, not too much of this, not too much of this, like <laughs> are this a bit more tame, less this. And I'm like, yeah, do whatever. Wow. It was wild. Um, so yeah, it was a very cool experience. And same thing as that whole year, the motto was to uh, put myself out of my comfort zone. And that show did exactly that and but I really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it that's really awesome it, it's such a again unique experience and it's just really cool that they even have a skating show like that mm -hmm. um to be a part of so it, yeah very cool thing to do in your off season that's yeah, for sure I, I used to watch the show when I was younger yeah um so but I always thought it was cheesy. But then when I actually did it, I was like, oh, my God, no, this is great. Um, But I didn't realize how popular the show is until I actually did it. And I was mm -hmm. at home in the UK. Like, I have friend, a lot of friends still in the UK and family. Um, And the amount of people that reached out and would tell me they would watch the show, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> this show is huge. And it does so, so well. Um. Like, I'm really bummed that I can't do it again this year because it genuinely had such a big impact on me and it was so much fun. Um, and TV in the UK is amazing in general. Like, it's they do a really good job of it. Um, but to, I don't know, do the show itself and record and then do the live shows and then go home on the Monday and watch the show on TV, it, it's wild. It's, it's cool. It's really, really cool. Um so yeah, it's it's a bummer there's not more things out there like that, but like Dancing with the Stars and all these things are kind of like that, but we're just lucky that Torval and Dean started the skating show in the UK and gosh, it's, it's on its off. 15th season this year. It's so wild. So yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, you teamed up with a new partner now. So Tell us how you got connected and um, what are your goals ultimately? What's the plan? Um, so Tim and I got partnered. Well, actually, Tim asked me for a tryout last summer during mm -hmm. my find Olivia phase. Um, and I remember it took me like two weeks to respond to him. 
And I said yes. And then I turned around a week later and said no. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted still. And I definitely didn't want this guy to fly all the way to Montreal to have a tryout when I wasn't even 100% sure I was going to continue competing. Um, so unfortunately, we went through that. Uh, he was an absolute gem, though. We've known each other for years. We used to compete in junior together. Um, so it was very respectable, and I he understood the situation. Um, and then he came here for a tryout in, let's say, October-ish time or September. Um, and he was on the ice in our rink, and I was just doing some coaching at the time. And my coaches invited me over for dinner and sat me down and I think we were like a bottle of wine deep and they're like we think you should have a tryout with Tim and I'm like excuse me what missed out a big point of information a week prior I had signed my contract for dancing on ice so they sat me down they're like you think you should have a tryout with Tim and I'm like huh I was like, I've just signed my Dancing on Ice contract. And they're like, yes, we know, we know. And they were so happy I was doing that as well. They're like, but we think you should just, just have the tryout just to have no regrets, just to see. They're like, he's at the rink right now. We've seen him skate and he's got a good, really good energy. He shows a lot of potential. And they're like, just just to do it, to have no regrets. And I'm like, okay, I agreed with that. I did. That was the one thing I didn't want to have was any regrets in any decision making. And I want to just try everything. Mm -hmm. So we had the tryout and Hello? fortunately it was really good. And I had to look at the guy and be like, okay, this is great. I love this, but I am leaving for the UK in a month or six months. I have this contract signed. That's what I've got to do. We came to an agreement that we would like to skate together, but he would wait for me to be done with the show before we really started training. Um, and we would kind of come back and forth in between the UK and him being from Germany. So we made that work. And it was I was very, very grateful he stuck around and did that. Um, as it Dancing Ice was really something I wanted to do and dive into and then go into my career afterwards. Um, and now Tim is moved to Montreal. We've been here training for the summer and this is our base. And we actually had our first kind of test competition the other day. We had a summer competition. We just did the rhythm dance. So things are moving fast. So I'm looking back like a year, like a year ago today. I'm like, how did I end up back here? Um, That's exciting. Yeah. Like right before we went out for the rhythm dance the other night. I looked at my coach and I was like, ha, ah, funny. How did I end up back here? And he looks at me and goes, ha, ah, it was your choice. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, that was wholesome. Um, so yeah, in terms of goals, uh, both of us kind of have the same story and goals as to our partners were done, but we were not. And we still felt like we both had more to give in this sport and for ourselves personally. And we both were given this opportunity to be able to do that. So we've really gone into this next partnership with a whole lot of gratitude as to, okay, we're both back here and we're able to be back here. Um, 
and just milking that and both just being on the ice and enjoying ourselves and being happy. Of course, we have goals as ter in terms of we'd like to make medals that neither of us have made in the past. We'd like to uh, medal at Grand Prix, Europeans, top 10, easy top 10, top five um worlds in montreal's next year so make that spot um spanish national champions and of course long term it would be to go to another olympics um so yeah there's there's goals out there that we haven't fully set yet as this season i'd say is our transition transition season into just going out every competition and just absolutely enjoying ourselves and reminding ourselves as to why we're doing this and why we're back here um and kind of just see where we get placed because uh the top uh top 10 20 of the senior ice and circuit it is a like uh it's a battle and oh, there's yeah. so many good teams mm -hmm. so I can't really say where we would be placed and where we'd go right now. So it's going to be a fun season for us to just find our feet and see where that will end up. Um, and just get back out there again, performing and entertaining for people. And yeah, yeah, it's a very unexpected but wholesome partnership. And we're both very, very grateful to have have this opportunity. I think it's a really exciting new chapter for you guys. Um, and like, you're going to be able to take everything from what you've experienced and put it into this new partnership. And it's going to be completely different from other partnerships, obviously with a new person, but, mm -hmm. um, also a new you. So, yeah. So I'm really excited to watch your guys's, um, performances this season and kind of like see the progression of your career together. Uh, and I think it's going to be a beautiful journey. So I'm definitely wishing you the best of luck. Thank you. I'm going to be cheering. I'm going to be cheering. I love your Thank skating. You. Will you be a skate America? I will. I'm going to be there. Oh, That's uh, we only have one Grand Prix this year as we're a new team and we got skate America. So I'll see you there. Yes. And you said you like Skate America. So there you go. I do. I do. I think I've said that a couple of times. So maybe that's why we keep getting invited again. Uh, but <laughs> always the crowd at these uh, Skate Americas are just the most supportive and everybody shows up they're loud and yeah it's really fun I love it well I'll see you there yeah amazing well thank you so much for sharing your story on my podcast um, it, it's you. been really interesting to learn about um, all the highs and lows of your career so far and everything you've learned so Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.